0: The FM Evolution Podcast is brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services. We'll ensure consistently great performance to help keep your business running smoothly. For more information, visit cgpconstruction.com. This is the FM Evolution Podcast, brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services bringing you trends, innovations, and advancement of the facility management universe. Welcome to The Evolution. Here's Sean Black. What's up, guys? It's Sean Black at FM Evolution, and I'm back. It's Friday, and we're here for
1: leadership. All good things from Jim Roberts today. Jim Robinson, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, good to be back. Good to be on on the show. Thanks for having me. Oh man, it's I love doing the leadership Fridays with you. I get
0: to learn so many cool things, and uh, today will be no different. We got a lot of great stuff to cover, and uh, we'll just hop right into it. You're outstanding. Let's go. (laughs) Ask the tough ones today. I'm ready. I have some good ones today. Uh, We're going to be covering a lot of different subjects today, but I kind of want to start off with uh, something that's pretty. relevant for what's going on right now. There's a lot of inflation, there's a lot of uncertainty with things in the marketplace. And really, since the beginning of 2020, you know, the the world's really kind of experienced a lot of unexpected things. And, uh, you know, it's mainly connected to pandemic and a lot of other stuff that businesses have gone through and are still kind of going through. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, a lot of companies didn't make it. So, I want to kind of talk about how do you or how do you prepare um or how do you go about making sure that you're prepared when things go wrong <laughs> in in the marketplace
1: Well th- things in business that are going wrong are usually you know directly related to culture and and how you operate whatever your platform is for a for a leader, for a manager and owner of a company, it's I don't pay attention to the media. So I'm not I'm not misguided. I do have an understanding, I stay well informed because the employees, the team members, they count on you to lead them through their pain point because they're watching the news. They're paying attention to the chaos in the world and they're living that because they're hearing it all the time, it's coming at them nonstop. And so that's truly what you got to prepare for. And that means follow your culture. Don't don't vary from your values of who you are in the leader of the company. That you have to stay the course. Stay focused in your lane. It's just a season. It too will pass. But you have to make sure you're staying informed with your team. You have to keep them engaged on what the next steps are. What is that vision? Where are we going? Define that. So there's no default easy mechanism that just says, you know, here we go. Here's some chaos. Here's what. Here's our foolproof plan. It's not. Decide quickly. Make decisions very fast, and stay aligned with who you are. If you have that uh, value of how we do anything is how we do everything, it'll keep you in in, in check as you go through these crazy times. Don't pay attention to the media. That's that's the biggest uh, advice I could give you, stay focused, use your culture and your values and drive a different result and be prepared to help the team because they're struggling. Yeah, they are struggling. I mean,
0: that I think is important that you bring it up because I was going to ask you is how
1: do you as a leader really kind of keep morale up and, and help them overcome circumstances? Engagement and different challenges internally. So if you, if you keep your challenges high with your employees and you got to really pay attention to who, who and how high the challenge can go on your team, but push them so they get refocused and stay focused on a different challenge versus media or public information coming at them, misguiding them. If you keep their challenge high, give them something to anticipate tomorrow, give them a growth plan three weeks from today, five weeks from today, two months. You have to keep them focused on a different thing, and that will distract from the chaos coming at them. It'll keep them in a lane that's projecting forward. It, as long as your focus is growing them, they will be able to focus on that. They get scared. You have to make sure you're shoring them up. Hold their knees. I always say, I'll brace your knees, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna baby I'm not gonna be your rescuer. I'll hold your knees when they're weak. But I want you to keep focused here because you're, you're gonna grow and be amazing. Very important. I love that. Actually it reminds me, I was, um, I was listening to Gary V
0: the other day, and, and uh, he, he was just a little snippet, but he, he brought up the fact that kind of like the seasons thing, right? He brought it up that he's like, hey, man, that, you, know, you got to understand that things are temporary. You know, when you're going through good times, be super grateful. Lean in so hard that things are really good. And when things are not going the way you want them, just understand it's temporary and don't focus on
1: all the bad. You know, because yeah, uh, I did a talk this week with the team in the Phoenix office about your top 10 to win. And those top 10s is, one of the top things is your story, right? You The story you tell is the story you live. And if you say, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy, I guarantee you, you're going to be busier than anybody else and you're accomplishing nothing. And the, the opposite mm-hmm. holds true is, it's easy, I got this, it's a piece of cake, I can get ten hours of work done in four. You repeat those kind of stories. What's the level of performance? It changes. So you got to change that story. To, it's all from our imagination. It's all just in our head. So why not make it a positive story instead of a negative? Because you'll grow, you'll you'll grow into that positive story as long as you continually tell the positive story. You have to shift the negative. I love that, and I think it's important. And you know kind
0: of leads into what I was going to ask you next, which is, you know, as you are coaching, as you're leading others and you're developing those new leaders, you know, what are the things that you're looking for? What kind of tips would you have for
1: uh, other CEOs that will help them to develop new leaders in their organization? Well, as a leader, you got to figure out what's the strengths and weaknesses. You got to make sure you got the right people on the team, that they're in a role or in a in a level that you will be able to thrive and grow in. Uh, one of my, my sole purpose in life is to grow people. I mean, that's, I have a company that's a great vehicle to provide a means to do things and be able to pay bills, etc. But my sole purpose is to grow people. And I do that through accelerated education plans and, and, and experiences. And in doing that, that means you got to experience stuff with me. And that you may have some pain points on a Monday. You may have some exciting points on a Wednesday and I'll send you off, you know, in a very different way on Friday. But that's what my whole life is about. My life's work is about educating and growing people. Whether you stay with me or not, that's not truly my desire. I want everybody to be around forever. We have a family first model. I want you to be with me forever, but it's more important to me. And my focus is is growing people. And in doing that, we've had tremendous success. We've accomplished tenure where we have people that's been with me for 26, 27 years now. And loyalty like that is, you can't put a price point on that. But I can tell you what what it takes. And that's focus, that's care, that's growing them at their pace. I have one guy who's been with me 27 years. He grows incrementally, very small pace. Others it need accelerated, and as leaders, we really have to understand the varying levels of they can get to, and accelerate at their pace, not mine. So it's really important that we recognize that.
0: You find that sometimes that can be challenging. Like if you see someone who has like that oh, that talent, and you want them to just go, 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 and they're just like, eh. <laughs> but, but you have to kind of you can't just you know. You can't it's, have uh, them grow on your, like, on your terms,
1: right? Like, yeah. It uh, requires a size 12 boot. <laughs> 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 it's, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's, it is because, right, everybody likes survival skills. We talked about this a minute ago, but survival skills really hold you at a certain pace, right? Because there's a fear factor growing beyond that. Leaders have the responsibility to take them beyond their fear level to put them in their fear and learn to dance with fear so they can two-step right on down the dance floor with fear. Because if you don't learn to dance with fear, you'll, you'll run from it. And you got to use it as your driver, use fear as your driver, but use fear also as their driver and teach them how to use that. And if you do that, it, it becomes a very different game. They'll start embracing the unknown because the survivalists don't like the unknown And most on our team, you know, this most on our team really embrace the unknown. Yeah. They're like, we can do that. That's easy. We can do that. And if you use Nike's little switch, you know, just do it. Just do it. You know, they, some brilliant guy sitting around the board meeting one day just, just said, here's our logo. Here's our, you know, here's our slogan. Just do it. And the reality is, is that's, that's gospel, man. That's juice. And if you teach your employees to embrace fear, They'll just say, well, let's just go do that. Well, I don't know about that, but let's just go do it. It's a very different approach. So you got to know that fear factor, where you can push them to, and how far beyond that. Because otherwise, they find complacency. And complacency is boring. Forget that. Let's go. Let's grow. (laughs) Let's keep growing forward. I'm with you on that, 100%. You
0: know, something I wanted to bring up with you is we talked uh, a little bit about dei right, um, but I want to kind of focus on diversity for the d right now, and we and there is the workforce out there is super diverse right now uh, you've got multiple generations, all types of people from different backgrounds from different cultures, all kind of mixing together. do you think
1: For you, is it important to have a diverse workforce in your company as well? You're sharp as a bowling ball if you don't have diversity. (laughs) There's your your quote.
0: Yeah, that's great. Hashtag. Listen,
1: listen, (laughs) if you, I'm telling you, man, everybody just puts everybody of like-mindedness together. And we do this very naturally. So there's no conflict, right? We do this in board meetings. We do this in groups. We do this in friendship in our circles. If they're like us, we will hang out with them, right? And it's when we don't particularly know they're whatever they are or what they stand for. That's the one you want to drag in the door and say, listen, I need you. I need you on our team because they need to have a different perspective on what we're about to go get. Yes, we have to align culturally. We have to have some of the same values. We have to believe in the same march. But we got to be diverse in who we put on the team. Don't do two or three of the same way of thinking. We want diversity every single time. And it doesn't matter what walk of life you are, but be diverse in who you add. I guarantee you, you won't be a leader very long if you don't do this, because it, naturally we do this. I get fired up about this one, man. You, you drive me nuts when these people do this, because I show you a leader that's truly a leader, and then they gravitate to their like-minded people, and they're no longer a leader in three, four, five years. are gone. And that's why the percentage of out of business is extremely high, is they fail to diversify the team and the collaborative effort coming at them. So they find the best approach to serve the people we we are in business to serve. You have to be diverse to do that.
0: I think it's funny that <clears throat> you know, <laughs> you're bringing up that they that they fell because of that, and, and and it's you almost it's almost uh, you have to fight a natural instinct because, like you said, you know people like uh people they work with they want people they like and you know let's hire barry he's fun you know but but barry can't do accounting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know? so you know you can't put barry into county if he if he's uh meant to be in sales um and so it's but it's i think it uh, it can be challenging and uh it, it's really it's about that leader and about helping that leader grow, right because it really challenges the leader. To have that much diversity in their office too.
1: I would suspect that most leaders, true leaders that are inherent leaders are going to have that diversity right out of the gate. Mm. If you have any leader that has longevity, they have that right out of the gate. They see things very differently. Uh, so it's, for me, it's a very natural process to gravitate to people that think differently uh, I'm I'm a high D and a high I on the desk profile. So I'm going to convince you of a lot of things. And I have a strong vision casting ability. I can tell the story. I can get buy-in. And sometimes you may confuse some people. But for me, I also need their perspective. And I'll usually in those meeting, meeting rooms, I just go around. I'm like, you know, what do you want to share today? What do you, And I'm taking copious notes because I'm trying to figure out what as a collaborative effort, can we grow in a certain way by using all of that different input? That includes the fear-driven and the faith-driven, the ones that know things can happen and the ones that are scared of it. The ones that are scared of it or slow to decide gives us a very different perspective. And they're like, okay, maybe we should go a little slower on this one, or maybe we should accelerate and get them on board. So diversity is critical for, those, for the change, for the growth. And it's a natural behavior for most leaders, majority, that are still leading to just have that diversity in a very natural way. Hmm.
0: I love that. Something I want to kind of bring up is really kind of talking about empathy, empathy and, and, and how important that is for leaders. Um, I don't know, but I, I think that some leaders, as they begin to climb Um, They can kind of maybe forget what, where, you know, what they had to go through. Uh, And and then they get so focused on their vision or what they want to do. And it's good. You have to do that. But also, how important do you think it is for those leaders to also have empathy for the people who work for them that are maybe struggling or going through other things in their lives,
1: you know, that, that are affecting the work? Well, the darker the past, the brighter the future has the, you know, the 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 possibilities of a brighter future. I need to phrase that a little differently. The darker the past experiences or the potential, the brighter the future. And the reason is, is because you learn that empathy. You learn what you can, as a kid being homeless, I guarantee you I'm serving homeless today. Now my seventh year is because of my ex- past experiences. Those enhance us as leaders. It's like you talked to Dave Ramsey. He went bankrupt. Yeah. And now he's the financial guru, right? That darker past creates a potential for a brighter future. The potential is the key here because some of people just keep going down and hit rock bottom. So you got to capitalize on all of those things that happened for you over those years, not to you. I did this this week even. I said, geez, you know, you got to be thankful in all things. Had a flat tire this (laughs) morning. It was amazing. I got the opportunity to change the tire. You don't get that every day. So you have to see things differently. That means add the passion to what you're doing, even though it may be perceived by some like, geez, I had a flat tire. This is the worst thing in my life. I'm like, dude, you sit on the side of the road. You said you've seen a thousand cars pass you. How many get that experience every day? Very different perspective. So changing how you see things, that's really important. But being able to have those past experiences is what gives you those abilities to connect to people today on your teams. Because whatever's coming at them, they experience a mother passing away, a father passing away. I've had all that. All the family members passing away. I'm from a Pentecostal preacher. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've experienced some things. Very important to use those things to serve the people that are working with you. It's critical. For new leaders out there, how would you
0: explain that to them? Like, what's the best way for you to really kind of use empathy, use that dark past? Is, do, you, do you tell her the story? You communicate to them? What's, what's, the, what's the formula there?
1: <laughs> what do you do? People, people need to see you as a real person, right? Sometimes they see uh, that you don't put your pants on the same way they do. The reality is, is you may even struggle more than they do to put your pants on some days. You look at the president of the United States, sometimes and whatever you like or don't like, the struggles are real. And you got to be able to use that and figure out that they, you know, they're going through something of their own. But you got to capitalize on those experiences, whatever they are. Capitalize on those experiences and serve the people that are in working with you. If you're a new leader growing into this. Don't ever fear having raw emotion. The other day when I gave a talk at a a charity event, I had a pastor come up to me and he says, man, you took my heart. You took my heart and I love you, brother. He said, I didn't realize you were a real guy. I just Hmm. saw you as the chairman of the board. And so having those raw emotions, you were there at that speech. I was. Having raw emotion. What's that? He said it was powerful. Having those raw emotions as a leader impacts lives. Nothing changes until there's an emotional excitement or elevated time. Nothing will change in our growth or experiences or education unless it's emotionally charged. And so when you emotionally charge a conversation, you impact and you change lives. Not only those listening to you, but yourself. When you teach, you change you more than you change your audience. I love that. I'm on I my was podium there. today, brother. I'm ready <clears> to go. The yeah.
0: These are some value bombs being dropped by Jim Robbins today. I love it, man. I was there for that speech, of course, you know, and, and it was uh, very powerful. And I think um, it's spot on that you do. You have to be able to show that side of yourself as leader. Um, people yeah. have to be able to understand that you're a person. And I think that's super powerful because once they do, they're like, man, if he's a real person, <laughs> you know, he's and, and he's there at that level of success, hey, I can do that too. Like, and they I feel can, like they know? can
1: connect. You know, I was, yeah. coaching, a, I was coaching this gal, I won't say her name, I was coaching this gal, I don't know, five, six years ago, and she happens to run one of the biggest mechanical companies in the U.S., and she run, runs a local regional office in San Diego. And she came to me with a concern about how to lead her people. They weren't paying attention and she wasn't getting results. And she says, I just feel so much like crying. I'm so irritated that we don't all collaboratively serve the company and our customers together. Mm. And I said, have you tried saying that? <laughs> Simple as that. Have you tried saying that to your team? It's funny. She's like, no, the because I don't want to show my emotions. And I said, here's the deal. Before we talk again, you're going to go deliver a different message next week at that meeting. You're going to tell them in a raw way what your concern is and what your true passion is. And that's serve them and serve the customer. And if you get emotional, let it flow. She did. And she came back to me the following week. She says, man, I cried. It was so embarrassing. I cried. And she says, as I cried, they came up and hugged me and apologized for their lack of performance. And they've changed. They're now the number one business in Southern California because of that one speech. It changed the nine or 12 people they had at the time. Now I think they have 12, but it changed them all. Not only did she change those nine people, those nine people went out and changed several more. Oh, yeah. That's impactful. And so that, you got to have the emotion. You got to show that you're a real person and you got to show what your purpose and your drive is. And if you explain that clearly, your team will get on board with you. There's an emotion to that. They'll buy into that. <laughs> Love that.
0: I want to talk about something I think that most leaders go through, and not all maybe, but I definitely know some. Even some of the people in the very top office in the country. I think we'll go through this. Um, the Harvard Business Review. We like those guys. They had a lot of articles. Yeah, they had good articles. Uh, <laughs> I had a good article on overcoming self-doubt. Um, imposter syndrome, right? I, I didn't even know what this was uh until actually I heard Michelle Obama bring it up and I was watching some show or something and I was like, huh? What the hell is that? Um but it's an interesting thing. I mean, I think a lot of people do go through it. Um, and when they're very successful uh, or, or just on the cusp of really going to the next level where they feel like, oh man, I don't really know if I've, am I really this talented? Especially, I think when they get told by other people, like, they're like, man, you're good. And you're like, "Ah, oh, no. No, <laughs> I think you're talking about someone else here, but do you think, I mean, how does, how do you kind of overcome that self-sabotaging thought process? I, I don't know if you've experienced it, but I, you know, I think a lot of people do, and I think it'd be good for them. No to way, not a, right? not a chance. Not a chance.
1: Yeah, you know, fear, <laughs> fear creates your doubt. Your doubt starts to manifest itself as another fear. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's, uh, it is, everybody has it. And it's a matter of how you approach that. And it really comes down to the, you know, human needs, certainty, uncertainty, the doubt and the fear start to compound. And then it just takes you lower and lower and lower. And it's those survival skills, right? You just go back to just surviving instead of thriving. When there's doubt, you know, the, just do it. The Nike, just do it thing. But when you start to build doubt, you just go do it anyway, like decision, you know, like right now, fast decision. And they get you passed through that doubt. And you're like, okay, that was crazy. Or that was nuts. Or I can't believe we did that. Why did we even try that? Gross failure. That was cool. But you got to have those failures to build, you know, beyond the doubt. Everybody has it. We're born with fear, right? Two fears. And then we develop all the other ones. Two fears, loud sounds and falling. We're born that way. (laughs) I don't know if I had those. What's that? (laughs) So I don't know if I had those. I I felt a lot. Oh, I guarantee you had them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But fear of failing and fear of loud sounds. And then we develop all those other fears. So they're all from our imagination. So is doubt. It's all developed because we have lots of imagination about why things won't work. We get stuck in how instead of just defining why we're doing it and what we need to have done in a clear way. So define what you want. Define why you want to go get it how will work itself out doubt and fear try to guide how but forget that forget all that just commit say yes i'm going to go do this and just, it'll it'll blow through the fear i was thinking about as you were saying i was thinking about individuals who are highly creative
0: and have that really amazing imagination And i'm wondering is it harder for some of those individuals because you know they get going <laughs> I think you're going in their head. You said your greatest gift is your, is also your 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 greatest strength is also your weakness, right? So uh, I don't know if that's a thing, but it seems like to me, like the more creative you are, that 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 might be even
1: a bigger challenge for you. It Could be. It, it's not. It's whatever your personality is. Is it's a gift, mm. whether it's creativity or lack of. It's a gift. Right. You were given lots of gifts in, in the world and you are where you're supposed to be, why you're supposed to be there and when you're supposed to be there with whatever gift you bring to the table. If you're the creative one in the room, blow stuff out. Just talk about all that creative craziness because <laughs> the ones that are sitting close to you that are not hyper creative, it changes them. Likewise, they have that reserve personality. They're going to like, uh, yeah, that's a little crazy. And then for the really creative one, you're like, mm, that was a little crazy, but if we shifted it this way, now we got a different approach. So everybody in the room, that's why we say, we're great as one thing, one time, but we're great forever if we have a great team around us. We're great forever if we have a great team around us. Individually, we do one great thing, that's it. We go to the top and then we fall. We have to make sure we're collaborating. I love that. Somehow, we're at the end. I don't you know, know how that happened. Dude, I'm just getting fired up. Let's I know. Go. I and need it seems 10 like more every, questions. Every
0: time this happens, <laughs> we get going, and we can go for like another hour. Easy. Yeah, easily. Easily. Well, that's just kind of the, that's the thing. We got to reel it in. I got to reel you in, man. We're done. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> reel it. Reel it, baby. Reel it. <laughs> All right, Jim. Well, thank you for joining us uh, on another uh, FM Evolution episode on leadership, man. It's great. I think yeah. we, get, we had some great stuff today. There's more to come. Uh, and I can't wait to do it again with you, buddy. Let's do it again. Don't wait, right, man. We won't. All right. For everyone who is listening out there on your favorite podcast platform. Hey, be sure to uh, if you like the value that we're providing, you know, give us a like subscribe. Uh, Leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, If you're checking us out on YouTube, hey, do not forget to hit the little bell for notifications and be sure to subscribe so you always get the value bombs coming from Jim Robinson right here. And uh, for everyone at FM Evolution, thank you. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Thank you.
1: See you next time. See ya.